What's up, everybody? I'm TJ. And I'm Kelsey. And we are the, the Nashville, Nashville Wine Duo. Duo. special podcast yes very us. special we're here with a longtime friend that we met almost two years ago through social media on instagram davis who is the nashville psalm mm-hmm. um yeah and we had we'd done a i think we did like a zoom call with you like during, during the pandemic, the pandemic. Yeah, we sure did zoom wine tasting yes. we were just trying to make things happen right. at the time were we <laughs> we met in the, yeah. the shady parking lot and did a wine swap and you did, yeah and you <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I do remember that. We met at the Hundred Oaks um, movie theater parking lot, yeah. and I think the movie theater was closed down at that point. Yeah, it too. wasn't operating at the time. So, so we met and exchanged wine it at the parking lot. Won't be the last time you <laughs> do a shady wine swap with somebody. I'm that sure. was really funny though. It felt like we were doing a drug deal or something. Yeah, wine. It really, it anyway, really we're so like happy it. to be doing this with you today. Um, <laughs> I guess I first just want you to kind of just uh, tell folks about yourself, like how you got started in wine and. Um, what you do here in Nashville, yeah. Those are all great questions. So um, I always had a restaurant job um, since I was 22 years old. Uh, I was pursuing different career paths in New York and Los Angeles, and I always had a job at a restaurant. Um, I realized pretty quickly that the more I knew about wine, the more money I could make, Yeah. right? Yeah. It's like any product. When you're trying to sell something, the more you know. Um, so I started learning more about wine and found out, oh, hey, this is good. I, I like this. <laughs> um, and when you have an interest, you just dive into things. Yeah. So working through restaurants, um, I really kind of enveloped myself. And when I moved to Los Angeles, I got a job at a restaurant that had a 1600 bottle wine list. Oh my gosh. Wow. Insane. Um, it was a really small place and I got to learn a ton by tasting wines all of the time, trying to understand what different things were on the list. And this list is insane. It was recognized by Wine Spectator as one of the top in the world, had a grand designation, which was one of 70 at the time or something like that. And uh, I got to try so many bottles from that list that I would never be able to afford. I would sell bottles of wine every night that cost more than the car I was driving, right? It was crazy. (laughs) So that was a great uh, way to learn because as you know, there's no better way to learn about wine than to drink it. So as I was drinking with people, I was, you know, selling and recommending things and pairing things, which is an art amongst itself. And when you just elevate that experience, it helps and it drives you to do more. Mm. Um, So then it's a boy meets girl story. I couldn't keep working the way I was and have a relationship. So um, my now wife, Bonnie, and I uh, ended up in Nashville uh, through the Teach for America program. Oh, cool. Um, which, uh, if anybody has ever done that, is a pretty intense experience where you agree to a very short, intensive training program. And then you also agree to teach in a low-income school for a minimum of two years and you don't get to choose where you are placed. And so I was placed in Nashville and that's how we ended up here and I'm so thankful because oh. um, we could have ended up in a lot of crazy areas of the country and it's been fantastic. Um, I taught special education for three years uh, in Metro Public Schools 
which was amazing and terrible and all of those things that you can think would be. Um, but I'm really thankful because I still have communication with a lot of the kids That's that I so taught, cool. which is awesome. Um, early on through that area, I knew that I couldn't sustain teaching and I didn't want to be that teacher who just goes through the motion because you only have a, these, these kids have one year and it's important. Mm -hmm. um, so I started to figure out what is my next step. And I started uh, our company, which is called Wines Together. We do in-home wine education parties, um, which has now kind of steamrolled into corporate events. Um, we do wine consultation for um, sellers and um, people around Nashville. And uh, we've been super lucky to be accepted into the wine community here pretty early on. We started Wines Together in 2016 and had a whole bunch of copycat companies that popped up that all died during COVID, they didn't make it. So we're super happy to be here. And we just, I love sharing wine with people yeah. and sharing the knowledge that I have with people, but also I learned so much from other people when drinking, because as we were talking about earlier, you can never know everything about wine. It's too expansive. Mm -hmm. um, so if you go into it with that open mind, just like anything, uh, you can really have a good time with uh, wine and different people and just sharing those experiences. Yeah. Um, so Wines Together has been amazing and it's allowed us different avenues uh, to meet people. I originally started it because I thought, hey, I can get free wine this way, right? People <laughs> will sponsor me. Uh, and that's happened, which has been great, but it's really more fun just drinking with people and yeah. um, watching people understand, hey, maybe I didn't really like this, you know, people tell me I'm supposed to drink this, but this is not really what I like. And then going through the process of understanding what it is that they do like. So right. it's been great. What wine do you feel like, like you were saying that people, you know, maybe I don't like this. What wine do you feel like is pushed on people a lot? Like what particular variety? Uh, well, I think in the U.S. we are always pushed towards big bodied, dark colored red wines. Like Syrah? Yep, Syrahs, I think, you know, the most uh, prominent wine in the country right now is probably Cabernet Sauvignon, uh -huh. right? Everyone yeah. is supposed to drink Cabernet Sauvignon, mm -hmm. um, and I love cabs. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they're great, but all wines have different places. Right? Yeah. I don't want to drink a big, rich Cabernet Sauvignon when it's 90 degrees out <laughs> like it is today, <laughs> yeah. right? It's just not enjoyable to me. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a time and place for all of them, and different styles. Um, you know, I personally don't like to talk bad about any wines yeah. or winemakers because it's hard. Right? Uh, it's a uh, process. Yeah. And just because I don't enjoy it doesn't mean you shouldn't enjoy it. Um, but with wine being so expansive, I feel like if you really do like wine and if you say, um, you know, it's your favorite drink, then you should be exploring. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're a, a light bodied red fan, there's a ton of different grapes out there that you can try besides. Pinot Noir. Right. So why not go out and try them? And hey, you can always go to your wine professional and say, hey, give me some recommendations. But you can also go to Google and say, Google, I like Pinot Noir. Yeah. What's like Pinot Noir, yeah. right? <laughs> we live in that age that's amazing. So mm. uh, I just try and keep it easy and fun for people when we're talking about wine education. And, you know, wine's meant to be shared with people so i have noticed though and it's been interesting you know a lot of people know we work at trader joe's but just like talking to people about wine there, like people that are just wanting to find something they want to drink you know for the night whatever um 
I feel like people tend to be really scared to try new new wines. And totally. I'm like, I wonder where that kind of comes from. Like, I don't know if I think maybe they're worried I couldn't get a return. I'll have this whole bottle that I spent invested money in and maybe, you know, I'll hate it. Um, it's nice because Trader Joe's, you can return even wine. We tell people that oh, all the time. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's like you try as much as you want because you can return it right. if you don't like it. But do you think that that's part of the reason why or what else do you? Sure. I think people are afraid to spend money on things that they are unsure of. Um, in every aspect of life, right? right? Yeah. If you're going grocery shopping, you tend to buy the same things over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't buy the different things every single week. Um, the great thing about Trader Joe's is that the wines are not crazy expensive. So if you spend, you know, fifteen dollars on something that you're unsure of, it's fifteen dollars at the right. end of the day. It's not the worst. I didn't know you could return them. That's yep. pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm start taking advantage of that. Yeah. You should. Uh, <laughs> but you know, when you go into a wine store. It's confusing mm-hmm. because, you know, in New World countries, um, you know, U.S. wines, they put the grapes on there. Right. So you kind of know what you're getting. Right. But when you're talking about the European countries, it's just an area or mm-hmm. a region that's on the bottle. And if you don't know what that grape is, you don't necessarily know what the style is going to be. It can be confusing. And, you know, traveling to Italy and France and talking to people there, they don't know what's in those regions outside of where they live either. Interesting. It's confusing all over the world. It's not just confusing to us. Yeah. So, uh, but that's why it's a little fun to study all of those yeah. things and kind of have an idea. So when you walk in, you can say, oh yeah, I saw that bottle before and I know that that's this style. So yeah. let's, let's try it. Yeah. Well, I definitely have more questions. I'm sure you do too. But let's first, we'll dive into this wine that you brought us today to try and we're so excited you love french wines right i love wine yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. um, we do drink a lot of french and italian and spanish some of the european yeah. wines but again we don't discriminate yeah yeah i just find that um a lot of french and spanish and lesser known italian regions the wines are less expensive mm-hmm. and higher quality. And okay. that's what I like. Because we're not drinking crazy expensive bottles of wine every night, yeah. right? Yeah. And we drink a lot of wine. Yeah. So you know, we have a little one at home yeah. and you need the wine at the end of the night to kind of chill out. So yeah. um, we do drink a lot of wine from sort of lesser known French regions and lesser known Italian regions because we know we like them and they're not particularly expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, this, what I brought today, is a wine from the Beaujolais region in France, which is just below Burgundy, sort of in the center of France. And it's what they call a Cru Beaujolais. So all of Beaujolais um, is the large area. And then when you get a little more specific, you have Beaujolais Village, or it says Beaujolais Villages on the label. And that's Cru, C-R-U. Correct. Yeah. So Beaujolais Villages is uh, a little higher quality, smaller region. And then all the way in the north, you have 10 what they call Cru Villages. Uh, with names like Juliana, which we're going to drink today, um, Moulin Avant, Fleury, there's a whole bunch of them. And they are really great, high quality wines that you can get kind of in that $20 range. Oh, wow. Um, if you are a Pinot Noir fan, this is a great kind of lateral movement from there. Um, it's made from Gamay Noir. Uh, their soil tends to be a little rocky um, and in the crew areas each little area has sort of different qualities. Uh, Juliana tends to be 
juicy but has some decent tannins to it. Um, Beaujolais is also famous for carbonic maceration. Mm -hmm. um, I know y'all were talking about that recently, um, which is basically the process where wine ferments from the inside out, right. a whole cluster, and it tends to be juicier and softer tannins. Um, when you're in the crew area, those wines do age for a little bit longer, so they're a little richer. Um, but on the light to medium bite side, beautiful red fruits, these are rocking Thanksgiving wines all the time because mm. um, that red cherry cranberry tends to be the fruit from there. Mm -hmm. um, but y'all taste it and tell me yeah. what you think. Hey, well, first off, cheers. Yes, 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 yes. Cheers, there he is in here. Um, and I'll let mm. you kind of give me your opinion as you go through. Also, I want to tell you that Juliana, when we were in France, it is like the Shire. It is so beautiful <laughs> there. It's like yeah. green rolling hills and the people are so nice oh and the villages gosh. are really small. And one of my favorite memories um, of being in France is we grabbed a bottle of Juliana when we were there and we just sat on this random stone wall outside a vineyard and drank a bottle of wine and watched the sun go down oh. and literally saw no one and it was it was just perfect that so it has a special amazing. place in my heart that's yeah. like a moment you won't forget ever nah, that's ever. awesome it was incredible so. that's the thing i love about wine too is you remember like mm -hmm. certain things yeah like the bottle can were. take you back to when the bottle you bottle takes you back yeah it totally does and it makes it taste even better too so i was on this hill sipping wine yeah it was great <laughs> nobody can, was around yeah it's perfect i can see like we were talking to like about like this would be a wine that i think you could still drink and it's like hot out mm -hmm. too because it's it's like light and like nice and i love light-bodied wines in the summer chilled yes mm. take yes. a beaujolais stick it in the fridge for 20 minutes and have a little chill on it um that's one of the tips that i tell people in our tastings is um first of all we drink our wines too warm in general mm -hmm. and when wines are a little too warm they tend to be a little hotter or a little more alcoholic mm -hmm. and if you chill them a little bit, it does tend to uh, tamper down that alcohol. Yeah. So if you ever have a wine you pop and it's super, you know, burning on your chest, mm -hmm. cool it down for a little bit and then taste it again. You might find that that alcohol is lower than it was yeah. before. But in the summer when it's hot, a great light body red. I still crave the reds and we drink whites and bubbles and, you know, skin contact white and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, but I do still like the, the tannins that come from the red wine, and even though this is a lighter tannin, uh, tannin wine, I like to drink them all summer. Yeah, so this is nice too because it's it's I like the uh, the back end on it. The tart, the tart. It's like, like a pomegranate. Mm. Um, I was also thinking, yeah, yeah, like it's tart. It's like a, ch it's mm -hmm. kind of like a cherry. Yeah, just that tartness on the back that kicks in, kind of just hangs out on my tongue. Yep. I like it. Yeah, I like that too. Anyway, as you go through Beaujolais. Um, you can get really inexpensive bottles of uh, just the Beaujolais area. Mm -hmm. um, and they're still delicious. Yeah, um, They're lighter bodied and they tend to be a little bit more fruit forward in style. The crew Beaujolais tend to be a little more uh, reserved and fine, but they're still fun to drink. Yeah, um, totally. I think y'all have uh, the De Boeuf Beaujolais yeah. uh -huh. at Trader yeah. Joe's. Um, which is a great entry into yeah. Beaujolais because it's going to give you a pretty good idea of what it tastes like. Um, a lot of times the Beaujolais from the carbonic maceration gets a little bu bubble gummy, so it has sure. a little bit of that sweetness to it mm -hmm. at the finish. 
Um, you know, not it's still a dry wine, but it has those flavors. And I I really enjoy this style of wine personally. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy. And it. I love so Burgundies. I love those French Pinot Noirs, but a good Burgundy is like fifty bucks. Yeah. And if I'm drinking any bottle that's more than like thirty or forty dollars, it better be exceptional. That's always been mm -hmm. my mantra, I guess, with wine. Yeah. So I'm not afraid to spend money on wine, but if you're gonna spend some money, it better be exceptional. Mm -hmm. If yeah. you buy a, an expensive bottle and it's just average, I'm extremely disappointed. Yeah. But if I buy a twenty dollar bottle of wine, fifteen dollar bottle of wine, and it's just average. That's probably okay with me. Yeah. But you can always find exceptional wines like this, which is like $25, and they're wonderful. I yeah. love them. So. Yeah. Where can people find this in town? Uh, this came from Midtown Cork Dorks. Um, this Juliana is uh, Domaine Chignard, uh, and it is imported by Kermit Lynch, which mm -hmm. is what we were talking about. I really enjoy the wines of Kermit Lynch. Um, I think we have a similar palate. Uh, the Kermit Lynch company has been importing forever and he wrote an amazing book. Um, but again, what we were talking about earlier with um, importers is if you see, if you start to buy different wines and you see the same importer name on the label all the time, you're probably going to like the breadth of their wines because you have similar palates. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, if you start buying things and you find you don't like those wines, then, you know, maybe not buy that importer anymore yeah. because you might have a different palate than that particular importer. So. Right. Good advice. Yeah. Buying wine is fun. Yeah. And it should be yeah. fun. You should go out and try right? things. So, so you know, do you get excited about Beaujolais Nouveau when it comes out? Um, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, <laughs> to be honest, it's just not a style I like. Yeah. Um, so the Nouveau is just, it's very fruit forward and yeah. a little on the sweet side. And, um, you know, if that's a style people like, Cool. Like yeah. I said, I don't care what you drink. It doesn't matter to me. You should drink whatever you like. Um, if I've had people give me the Beaujolais Nouveau, and I'll just let it sit for a couple of years, which is totally anti what that is. You're supposed to drink, drink it, it young, young and fresh and right away. Um, but I let it sit and age, and then I find it's more like a Beaujolais because it's made the same style. Yeah. But, uh, it's just not a style that I enjoy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, would, I don't know. I was thinking. Like recently, and this is kind of weird. So I totally see what you're saying about like a lot of like fruit forward, big wines in in America. And I feel like actually a lot of the ones that we've been buying at Trader Joe's recently, they are that. They're like these bigger, you know, fruit, a lot of, lot of things going on. And I feel like my palate is starting to shift more towards this kind of stuff. And... I don't know. It's been it's just been interesting for me. Like lately, I try some of that stuff, and I'm just like, man, it's just so it's just so much of that inky, deep, dark fruit. Concentrated. And, yeah, all and of that. and it just feels very like kind of yeah, like heavy to me, or almost like just too fruity. And it didn't used to be that, and now it's becoming that. And I really am liking more of the dry, like just drier, more tart. I don't know. It's just I never used to feel like that, and I maybe it's just over time. Just recently, you've been. I've been telling you, like I'm like, that, I don't want to yeah. do this around. I don't know. I think that there's a natural progression. The more wine you drink, you start to crave a drier, more acidic style. I don't know why. I think we all, you know, we're kids. We drink sweet stuff, right? Mm -hmm. We're, you know, rocking out those super sweet rieslings and things of that nature, and then you realize. Oh, dry riesling is amazing. Yeah. I didn't know they made that. That's so good. I love it. Yeah. Um, but there's a natural progression. And I think in this country, we have an idea that really dark wine 
is higher quality. Mm. And that's from studies. You know, if you look at it and it's really dark, then it must be really high quality. Um, but something like uh, a Beaujolais from Gamay Noir, it's a thin-skinned grape. It doesn't have a dark color to it. So people will look at it and say, oh, maybe it's not so good because it's light and, you know, I can see through it. But that's not always the that's case. That's so interesting. You're so right. I think people do, they judge stuff off color like so much. Like everyone thinks rosé is sweet. sweet. Yeah. So many people think rosé is sweet. For sure. Because it's pink. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you've no. all had that blush box of wine yeah. at some point, right? And that's, the, that's what you think. Yeah. yeah. And I think that there are a lot of wines like that as well. Um, where people have a premonition about what it is um, without really fully investigating it, which is, you know, why we started Wines Together. It's about mm. showing people, hey, these are all of these grapes, and maybe you like them, and maybe you don't, and that's great either way. Mm -hmm. um, but with wine being so expansive, there's no reason to keep drinking the same exact thing over and over when uh -huh. you can keep trying different things, and you might find, oh, hey, I thought I really liked that, but I like this style so much more. And I think your palate changes by the season, mm -hmm. right? We're getting into hopefully some colder weather yeah. here. <laughs> um, I'll probably start inching towards little richer body wines, some more tannic style when it's a little colder out, but there's just a place for all of it somewhere. Yeah. So how did you, I know you do the segment on uh, Today TV. in Nashville, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Today. So how did that come about? Great question. Um, so I had actually my wife Bonnie had a friend who used to produce the news for Channel 4 mm -hmm. and they were in a book club together and she said oh you know we have this Today in Nashville show Davis should be on it and so she introduced me to the producer and they're like okay well let's give it a shot and luckily it went really well and we just formed a great relationship with um, Carol, the host, and she basically told me, hey, come whenever you want. Why don't we book once a month? That's great. And I thought, great. So we're on once a month, and I try and do some interesting segments that go with the time, um, something that's going on with the season. Yeah. The last one we did was about Whiskey Fest, mm -hmm. which we were talking about. Uh, National Whiskey Fest is coming up, so we did tastings of three whiskeys. Uh, one thing that a lot of people don't know about when you're studying for your sommelier exam, it's not just wine. You also have to know beer and spirits oh, for that, that exam. The majority is wine, but there's also spirits and beer questions in there as well. And when you're doing, if you do the Court of Master Sommelier's uh, track, there is a service portion where they ask you questions about things like that and you have to have an idea. But if, if you've worked in the service area, you probably know the majority of it so mm. it's good to know different styles of all different beverages I think yeah well yeah people should uh, definitely check you out on TV oh yeah please <laughs> once a month we're on yeah uh, and you know to plug today in Nashville they just started to be an hour again oh. um, after you know COVID changed their show and they moved to two o'clock and they have live bands and local chefs and they're it's just a cool Nashville show to watch to keep uh, abreast of what's going on in Nashville. Yeah. Uh, I don't know any other show that's specific like that here. I did want to ask you, last time we had talked to you, you had talked about wanting to go to England and try 
more of the wines there. I yes. don't know if you ever got around to doing that or if you still plan to. And why were you, what were the wines that you were excited to try there? I would love to go there and um, I haven't had a chance, but English sparkling wine mm -hmm. is the jam right now. It is difficult to find here, um, but if you can, with climate change, um, all of these wine regions are getting warmer. And English sparkling was always something that happened sort of on the East Coast, um, but it was never, the grapes were never developed enough to make really high quality sparkling. And it's made in the same traditional method as champagne. But now it's gotten five to seven degrees warmer in those areas, so there's a little bit of a longer growing region um, that happens. and. The grapes are fully formed and they're making these gorgeous sparklings that are rivaling champagne. And I'll tell you, they're not happy about it up in France. Right. Um, but people are taking notice of these gorgeous English sparklers that are 25 and $30 a bottle instead of 50 or 60 like mm. they are in champagne. So I think high quality wine that's made available to people at a lower price is always exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? totally. Um, I had a, a really good bottle of English sparkling um, with my friend Eric last week and it just reminds you that there's so much wine out there to try yeah that, you know you know like everything we buy the same thing over and over but if you can try other things if you just kind of branch out you never know what you're gonna find it's right. exciting well, that's cool and you haven't been yet or you have been? I have not been okay but, you know, having the having the little one at home restricts the travel a little yeah. bit. <laughs> She's not quite ready for the wine tasting, although she does enjoy drinking some wine, which is crazy. Yes, I did say my 19-month-old daughter likes to drink wine. <laughs> I said that out loud. It's okay. Now, actually, I know other people that say in other countries that's actually pretty normal. Like, I even watched some documentary with, like, why winemakers and they, he was giving the kids oh, wine. Oh, yeah, they were sitting they down were for like, dinner and they were trying five, to make Yeah, they were little and, and he was trying to teach them how, just how to you taste. know how to taste yeah. yeah it is our goal to just make it a normal part of life yeah and not a big deal because right. i think we separate it here yep. so it becomes a big deal right right but if it's a normal part of life then maybe it's not quite uh quite the change as it might be i've heard it's like that more in european countries in general like they just make well, there's like, no drinking age so yeah well and they just make other things like more just like they're just like taboos things that we think are taboo here are not yeah and there. i think the crazy thing when you're in especially in Italy, um, they don't open a bottle of wine unless they're having a meal. Mm. So it's not, you know, here, it's Monday afternoon, we're yeah, talking we're about kinda, wine, we're, we're drinking some right bottles, <laughs> right? Um, but everything is meant to be paired with food. Mm. So they'll have a cocktail or a spritz, but they're not popping bottles just to have a glass or two because it's been a hard Wednesday night. Um, but that's what we do here, and it's a different style. And mm. when you experience those different cultures with um, food and alcohol pairings, it changes the way you think about it a little bit. It doesn't stop me from popping a bottle every night because, yeah. you know, we, we enjoy our wine for sure, but it's fun to see how it works in other countries. Um, and it was really interesting when we were in Bordeaux, um, we had this amazing guide who is, I learned so much from him and he had grown up in the Bordeaux region. His dad uh, worked at a vineyard and was a winemaker. So when he was a kid, he also worked there. Um, but he had never had a bottle of Burgundy, which is three hours away. 
Wow. Because when you're in Bordeaux, they only sell Bordeaux. You only drink Bordeaux. That's wow. all that's there. They support local, which is really cool. Here, we can go to a wine store and there's thousands of different choices from mm. all over the world. So it's a little different style. Wow. Interesting, right? That's amazing. You could be three hours away from like a region that is known for like incredible wine and be like, no, I, I've only tried yeah. this kind yeah. of wine. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, when we went to Beaujolais, I said, hey, we were just in Bordeaux and we had these great wines and I said, I've never had a Bordeaux before. Mind blown. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> crazy to think of. Wow. You get the next question. I get the next question? Uh-huh. Unless, I, you, unless you want me to. No, I, have, I keep having more questions. I did want to know, um, Trader Joe's, what were some of... And I'm going to get it on film, too. But what were, some of your, <laughs> <laughs> what were some of your favorite wines from Trader Joe's? That's a great question. Um, I know. So them. I think that Emma Reichert Riesling is the best bottle that, at Trader Joe's, and it's, what, $5.99? Yeah, it's a dry yeah. Riesling, so it is crisp and limey and all of those lovely things that Rieslings should be. Um, very simple, clean, white. Um, I... I'm going to be honest, I had trouble finding really good reds that I really could get behind. Mm -hmm. um, but there was some good sparklings, um, like that Luis um, French Bubbles. Those were fantastic. I love those. Um, and the uh, Fleur Rosé mm -hmm. was so mm -hmm. good. I love that bottle too. Mm -hmm. So I think there's always good bottles that you can find just about anywhere. Um, so. You just can't be afraid oh. to give it a try. <laughs> oh, we've got a visitor. <laughs> <laughs> and you said this wine, you can get it at Cork Dorks? Yep, this one came from Cork Dorks. I think um, Juliana you can get in a lot of different places around town. Um, it's one of the more accessible Cru Beaujolais that you can find. Um, but they're all fun to try. I think they're delicious. How and much does this one usually go for? It's like 25 bucks. That's a great deal. Yeah, and what you were sure. saying too, the Julian, that's the region. Yep. So Juliana would be the area within the Beaujolais region. Yeah. So all the way in the north, there's all those crew. And one of the cool things about Beaujolais is um, the centerpiece uh, at the top of Beaujolais is Moulin Avant, which is a big windmill. Oh, and oh. you can just walk right up to the windmill. It's in the middle of a vineyard. Um, and you know that's one of the crew areas. It's just, it's just a different world. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Sounds like. Man, it. you've been a lot of really cool places. <laughs> I've been so lucky, so lucky and fortunate to be able to travel, um, and to be able to drink wine with people in different areas and talk about wine with all these different people. It's been amazing. So. Well, one of the things about you that I just have to say is you just seem like such a humble, kind person. And Thank you. we both have thought just that. Just like y'all. <laughs> since we met you, we're just like, you know, because, yeah, like you say, in every industry you meet some people and you're like, oh, okay, but, you know, you know a lot about wine. And, you know, I think wine can have this pretentiousness to it sometimes. And Agreed. people feel intimidated by people that know a lot about it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and you just come across very, like, just so approachable and like anybody could come to you with a question and not feel stupid, stupid like they, the no like they right. could just feel like you would be like yeah i feel so comfortable like talking to you and if i don't say something right or whatever like i would never feel weird about that i don't know you well and again the beauty of wine especially for our journey has been like and you're like talking to winemakers and people like yourself that we learn so much from 
just talking to wine lovers. You know, it's like you said earlier, like you, you're never going to know everything about wine. And so the different people that we speak to and just even over a glass or a bottle of wine, it's like we learn. We learn from that. Absolutely. You know? It's amazing. And I feel exactly the same way. Yeah. Just sitting and sharing a bottle of wine and talking about wine or anything. Yeah. I just learn so much from people. And if you ever have that closed minded mentality where you think you know everything, it stops you from learning new things. Yeah. Right? So I think some people just want to feel really fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Wine is so fancy, I mean, right? To be honest, I think that, that there is. There's this like glamorous side of it or this like fancy feeling of like you know, and sure, and I think a lot of that has to do with the cost. Yeah, you know, wine can be very expensive. Yeah, right, um, and it doesn't have to be. That's yeah. the thing. Look, no, there's nothing wrong with a boxed wine. There's nothing wrong with a screw cap on mm -hmm. top of wine. There's quality wines being made everywhere in every style. Um, there's also not quality wines yeah. being made in every sure. style, right? But that's why we drink them and try them, and we figure out. Hey, I like this. I don't like that. It's not me for me to comment on what I people know. like. People right. But I do like to try and steer people and say, "Oh, why don't you try this? You might really like this." That's that's the fun of it. That's why yeah. I think it's good that someone like you is in wine education, just because I, I think that's it's, it's such a good fit. And thank you. Yeah, I mean, people are just so funny. Like even this morning, I'm just gonna put this in there because it was just so ridiculous. <laughs> I posted about ravioli last night. I said raviolis this <laughs> person. This wine person, which we've unfollowed them because they keep commenting to, like really weird things to us. <laughs> and he said, it's raviolo. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Yeah, like you're saying it wrong. And I'm like, who cares? <laughs> like, yeah. And then when our dog passed away, we Aww. put the wrong year of the date that he passed away because we're sad. And we posted. And they said, did you mean 2022? <clears throat> and I'm like, yeah, we did. Like, <laughs> I don't know. People just, I don't understand. And the other day, even at Trader Joe's, someone told me that a man got in a fight with somebody over holes in sourdough bread. Mm -hmm. He got really upset. He said, I want to return this bread. And I've written corporate because there's holes in this sourdough bread. And she was like, well, there's, like, that's, how, like, that happens when you make the bread. And she said he pulled out the bread. There's air that gets in there. Yeah, pulled out the bread out of it. Was This is when he was going to purchase. Hoiled it up and was like, look at these holes. And she was like, well, now I have to, like, like get rid of like throw that yeah, away. Put your fingers all over that. <laughs> anyway. Don't waste the bread. That's amazing. I love bread. Yeah, going off on a tangent. It's like that one time I mentioned uh, Paso Robles mm. region, mm. and the person was from California, and they said, "Don't you mean Paso Roble?" And I was like, "Okay." Wait, I thought it was Robles though. Is it <laughs> Roble? Who you talk to? Yeah, I don't know. If you're fancy, I, you I wasn't gonna fight Roble. about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Oh my gosh! I get you can go there and get some good Zinfandel though. Uh, you know <laughs> oh. that's that's good. I, I just, from what you said, yeah. I never, in any part of life, want to make someone feel bad about something. Yeah. There's ways to approach things that are really kind mm -hmm. to help people, mm -hmm. right? And if you feel strongly it's Paso Roble, there's definitely a way to say, "Hey, guys, I love what you're doing. It's so fun." By the way, I'm from this area. This is how we pronounce it there. If you want to take that into consideration, cool, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Instead of being snippy about it. Well, I think a lot of your attitude from now learning more about your background could probably also come from like you working with in special education 
like the fact that you took that job and like worked in that community like that takes you know a special kind of person to be able to do that so kids are amazing yeah end of story yeah doesn't matter everyone has their challenges um and i just have a heart for that i love that so that's so um, cool yeah so one last question yeah go ahead how'd you come up with the nashville psalm name (laughs) that's interesting i didn't come up with it you did it no no um because that sounds very conceited if I did, right? I was like, hey! No, I was, um, I was hanging out with some of our really good friends. Um, my friend, Michael August, uh, who is an awesome songwriter here in town, and uh, his wife, Sue, and we were having lunch and talking about building this business. And, you know, he's like, oh, man, you're like the Nashville Psalm. Oh, hey. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah. Let me put that on my Instagram. And it just kind of stuck. That's cool. Nice. So, um, I love it. And look, there's an amazing uh, wine community here in Nashville that probably was not here 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And there are fantastic, talented sommeliers that work every day in restaurants and wine shops um, and just wine professionals in general that are around town, which... I think if you enjoy wine, ask questions. If you go to a store and people aren't nice, go to another store. Mm -hmm. We've got lots of great wine shops here. If you go to a restaurant, same deal, Mm -hmm. right? If people aren't cool to you, go to a different restaurant. Right. right? Right. There's no reason that you have to settle. Uh, Coming from a service background, I always tried to be accommodating. even when people are difficult, mm. it's still service at the end of yeah. the day. The day. Yeah. Um, and some people are easier to serve than others. Right. Right. Well so put. you just, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about, both of you. Yeah, like the bread hole guy. Yeah, yeah. the bread hole guy. <laughs> uh, bread hole. That could be a swear word. <laughs> That's what I was like it. Such a bread oh hole. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for doing this, this with us awesome. today. Thank you for having me. So fun. Yeah. Um, y'all check out Nashville Song. Check out Nashville Wines Song. together um, yeah. for any of your wine education needs. Yes. yes. Go I'd to. love to come drink with you. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then you're on channel four. Four. That's yes. Today in Nashville once a month. Come and check us out. Yes. All right. Cheers. Cheers. To Cheers. Yay. You Cheers to wine. wine. You need more wine. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> 